Hey, what's going on, good people? It's Gardner Douglas, your Oyster Ninja. I'm here with the Shucker Queen, Miss Isabella Gator Macbeth in the house, South Carolina's finest. Um, what's going on, Gator? How you feel? I'm doing fantastic, uh, Gardner. It's great to be back on the show and a happy Ash Wednesday for everyone that's celebrating Ash Wednesday today. Yeah, happy Ash Wednesday, right? Happy Ash Wednesday. Are you? Yes, I didn't know. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, here we are, back again. You're the second, I mean, you're the first person to come on the podcast twice. Um, so big shout out to you. Appreciate you taking time. Um, An amazing honor. Thank you. <laughs> hey, hey, we're going to send you a certificate in the mail. Don't worry about it. Um, so for my listeners, um, if you didn't catch the first episode, first of all, go back to that uh, episode. I don't know the number. But just search Oyster Ninja and Gator Isabella. And um, no, actually, that was called uh, the What's Oyster it? Maven. Yeah, Oyster Maven. Was it the third episode? I don't know. It was in the beginning. Yeah, it was early. I'm going to be honest. I went back and I listened to some of that audio. Of course, content's always great. But the audio, I was like, God dang, how did I put that out like that? But hey, when you know better, you do better. And here, we are doing better. And I'm sure in, shoot four or five years i probably think this was some garbage quality so uh you know that's the name of the game to keep going and get better at what you do absolutely so, so gator just just catch us up man because during the last time shoot we've had we've had a bunch of nationals we've had COVID, we've had restaurant changes we've had a lot of stuff man so what's going on oh wow it's uh been a lot probably i mean since last time I was on, uh, I left Rappahannock and I went with uh, Toadfish Oyster Knives to work for them, traveled the country, uh, helping just with their oyster knife um, development and sales and get that going. And then we looked at doing catering, but uh, we didn't feel that that was the right time. So I went back into the restaurants and I've been with Nico for three years now. So that's been a pretty good partnership. and then, yeah, there's a lot of competitions <laughs> traveling the country and trying to get as many as possible. Yeah, and you've been but, killing it because you was uh you was in the top two at nationals. You won Virginia, I believe. All right. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. What else what, have you did? Any, oh, and uh, did you do um, uh, what's the one down there in Carolina? Oh, the Low Country Oyster Festival. Yeah. yeah. Did you do that one also? Yeah, I just, uh, I won that uh, two weeks ago, maybe. Congrats, congrats. Thanks. Yeah, I appreciate that. I think that was a sixth win, so. Sheesh. That's what's up, man. Yeah, when I hit, (laughs) if I hit 10 wins, then I'm going to start, I don't know, dressing up as Darth Vader or something up on stage. (laughs) Right. Um, I know the year that I went down there, um, I had just, I just finished an event. And I came straight down there, which is not straight down there because I couldn't make it because I was tired as on the way. So when I finally mm-hmm. got down there, um, I want to say the shucking competition was over. And I, yeah. I think I had just missed it or something. And I was like, shoot, well, time to get drunk. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think we all had a good, uh, good few, we had a few drinks that day. Yeah. We all had a good time. So it was sure. awesome to see you. Yeah. So. And um, so just tell me like, um, what's going on in the restaurant, Nico? Like, tell me about Nico. Yeah. Uh, so Nico, oddly enough, I had interviewed for this position 
uh, before I went with Rappahannock, uh, but it was Nico's first place. Uh, if we, there are small things we didn't see eye to eye on with the oysters. Um, and then I decided to go with Rappahannock because they had the farms, they're established, such a wonderful company, amazing owners. Um, but uh, since I've come to Nico, those small things like not removing the abductor muscle because he's French and that's something they're passionate about so that they know that oyster belongs to that shell and it's as fresh and alive as possible. Um, we kind of got to, I guess I kind of stopped caring myself because, you know, I understand where he's coming from, but uh, we met on so many other levels that it's just been quite amazing. Uh, 2020 was a little rough. We started doing a to-go business and I was shucking oysters and delivering them all over town. Uh, but after we opened back up, it's been the busiest restaurant probably I've ever worked at. And we're moving a lot of oysters and it's just been a blast. It's a great time. What's a lot of oysters in a restaurant? Uh, I mean, Monday night I'll do up to 2000 oysters in a night. Dang. That's work. Yeah. That's work. I probably... <laughs> If I'm there, I'm shucking 90% of the oysters that are getting shucked. And mm -hmm. I, I've kind of stepped away from doing a lot of the baked oysters because um, we'll shuck. I mean, sun, Sunday a week ago, I shucked 500 baked. Uh, oh, wow. So, yeah. Okay. So right. I'm trying to get that a little bit off my plate to leave my shoulder and every hand and everything good to go when the guests come in and right. take a start up, piling up, so. Are you experiencing any fatigue? Because I know as I get older, I'm starting to feel a little bit more. And I don't understand how my dad and like George Hasten, Big George, is still, I don't understand how they're still going strong. Like I'm, I'm starting to feel some things. I'm definitely feeling some things at this point. Uh, I definitely have to like plan if I'm going to a contest, how much shucking I'm going to do before and then practicing at like at nationals, you've been there. You know, there's that airplane hangar and we all get in with this pop box after pop box, you know, trying to get in the groove. I'm like very hesitant on how many runs I'll do ahead of time uh, just because I don't want to feel something click that uh, I've been feeling for a couple of years, you know, trying to stay as competitive as possible. So, right. Yeah. Let's, I don't think, I don't know if we talked about this the last episode about um, far as competing on the women's side this is this is women's month i believe uh, i heard it through the grapevine yeah um, so did you get any pushback from that definitely uh transitioning from the men's competition uh with you guys over there was a little pushback but there are several key players involved uh that i had the backing from and the love and support that really helped uh, smooth that out. Um, and then I think once a lot of people start realizing that, yes, there's a men's and women's division, but as far as the like national shucking and the shucking world at large, there's not a whole lot that divide uh, women and men as far as championships that they can win and how competitive they can be. Um, so yeah, that helps smooth some people over, but I'd have to shout out to Deborah Pratt, um, for having my back, uh, you know, Lisa Bellamy, who unfortunately passed away back in 2020 and couldn't be at nationals. Um, she had my back. A lot of amazing la ladies, Karen at the U.S. Nationals uh, for really helping me there. So, yeah, if it wasn't for these uh, women that really just stood up and accepted me, uh, 
we don't know where I might be today, but <laughs> uh, yeah, there's definitely some pushback and I try not to dwell on that as much as I do the, the people that were there supporting me. Mm -hmm. It's great to think positive. Um, so while you're on the, the, the shucking stand, right? Because you've now been like the woman's champ. How many times have you been a woman's champ? Uh, so I've actually only won the U.S. women's one time. Okay, got you. Gotcha. That was 2021. That's the most recent one. Gotcha. Uh, my first year in the women's division, I took third. No, second. I took second. Hold on. I mean, I got the trophies behind me. I to look at it. <laughs> <laughs> I took second, and then I took third. Then I took second again. And then this year, I took um, I took first. And I met Honor Allen in, in the final facing off of the U.S. championship, um, which was amazing. I, I shucked quicker than him, threw my hands up, had the, the ladies in the crowd went crazy. They right. thought you, they saw, saw a lady beat the, beat the men. And, you know, some lady came up and was like, I had my Girl Scouts here. We're so excited. It was amazing <laughs> to see. And I was in tears afterwards. But uh, I took a couple penalties. I had a couple oysters slide off the shell and oh, Honor man. won. But, uh. Yeah, it was it was quite an experience to to get that win and then face off against the men for the U.S. Championship. That's wonderful. So yeah, being on the um the stage, right? Being on the women's stage, and even that like comment you just made, like I had my Girl Scouts out here cheering for you. Um, what does that mean to represent? Like you represent your true you. You represent for all the women. How does that make you feel? Not to make you know, not to get you know, uh, um, what's the word? soft or soppy i don't want to get emotional but but you know i want to hear from you like what does that make you feel uh yeah so i mean outside of i mean i definitely get like soppy and tear up when i think about it but I it's cool let's cry it in let's cry i got tissues <laughs> don't worry about it <laughs> all right don't don't get me tempted um i mean it's a great feeling to, to be up there on the stage and you know to know that you're fully accepted regardless of um where you come from in life and and that people there have your back um you know to represent yourself and you know the greater community at large is it's it, it's emotional it's one reason i really want you know to eventually win one day and go to the u.s nationals but to be on the woman's stage um and hopefully you know break down barriers not just for trans uh, women and even trans men, the LGBT community, but to have little girls look up and say, you know what, there's a lady up there and we can beat the men too. We just have to practice and try hard and get every, everything we have. Um, I think that's really what I want to you know, put out there to the world. And even last night at my raw bar, some lady was, uh, she goes, I was at the recent Low Country Oyster Festival and watched you win. And I come from a shucking house uh back in maryland my family owns a you know one of those facilities where they shuck oysters for the cans and sell them off around the world she's like but i was never really good at it and i was like you need to come in and train with me and i'll teach you my secrets and then we'll get you up on that stage and we'll see what you have you know and she's like well what if i win i'm like that'd be amazing <laughs> <laughs> i hope you win right but um yeah, I just keep trying to get back to community and support and, uh, you know, future women and uh, minorities all over and just, you know, be there for them because a lot of them came through for me. So, yeah, yeah that, that makes me very emotional. 
what advice would you uh, give anyone who's thinking about um, doing something that might be against the green? Uh, but but it's their passion. It's, it's what they want. You know, and it just just general advice. You know what I mean? I would definitely say don't expect it to, you know, to be a, you know, the golden road. It's 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 going to have its bumps along the way uh, by keeping a positive spirit. You know, I don't want to say have a thick skin because we all feel, yeah. you know, we we all understand pain. And when and when, you know, people don't want you there, you can kind of sense that. Um, but just staying true to yourself and, you know, try to find connections. I think what I I think what really helped me with the people that were questioning me in the beginning was to just be myself and be like, you like oysters. I like oysters. Let's talk about oysters. And then, you know, the rest of it kind of washed away. You know, we found other things that we could connect and come together on. Um, so yeah, if, if you're going against the grain, um, you're like the black sheep, <laughs> I'd say just keep being you be positive you know, search for those little connections you meet along the way because those little connections add up over time to just being a world of love and acceptance and, and you'll get there. Um, but yeah, I think that's the best thing I could probably say. So I, I, I kind of skipped over something because we talked about the competitions. Um, mm -hmm. We talked about the restaurants, but you was on freaking TV. You was on uh, uh, Vice. Yeah, I was on Vice. <laughs> I kind of skipped over that. That was that. That see that. That's why my preparation is slacking. I, I should have reeled that in. Tell me about Vice. What the heck, man? You're a superstar. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, um, anyways, the Me Too movement all went down, and uh, they were trying to pick different industries around the country, uh, like law, um, construction, uh, you know the food and beverage industry, things that I guess were seen as typically more male dominated and women were in it, you know, coming in and how to, you know, where they would be and what struggles they've had, um, you know, all a part of the Me Too movement. So they picked Charleston because, I mean, let's all be honest, it's a great culinary capital of the world. Um, and they picked about five of us and somehow they got my name okay. and they reached out to me and uh, they said, have you had issues? And, you know, so on the phone interviewing for this, I was talking about stories about, you know, being a male in the kitchen and what I saw, you know, that women had to go through, whether I was super comfortable with it or not. And then things that happened to me directly. And uh, yeah, so I guess they thought I'd be a great addition to that. And I got to sit across the table from a lot of other amazing uh, women in our industry here, uh, some of the top bartenders and chefs. One of them actually won a James Beard Award. Um, yeah, so it's really nice to be there. Uh, I didn't get as much airtime as I think I thought I would. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think, I don't know, maybe I was staying a little too positive throughout the whole thing and trying to find ways that we could come together right. um, instead of just going into the nitty gritty about, you know, our stories that we've been through. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but it was a fun experience. I definitely learned a lot and it was cool seeing my face up, uh, on the TV around the world, essentially. And people messaging me from, I, I know specifically from, uh, San Francisco to say, Hey, we saw you on the thing. So that was cool. That's going to be a good feeling. 
You're yeah, probably still opening nice. up uh, DMs from that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it pops up on occasion, not as much as it did in the beginning. That's cool. So, so <laughs> because you kept it so positive on Vice, right? What's, yeah. give me like, all right, you don't have to, but I'm going to ask, could you give me um, one thing, if you could change one thing, or maybe even um, something you said, um, maybe you were holding back, maybe you wanted to say, but didn't say, I can scratch I really that. don't want to talk about people slapping my ass and calling me names. <laughs> okay. All right. There we go. We'll talk about that. All right. I'll make sure I take that out for sure. No problem. Uh, that's fine. So um, you could even slap that little bit in. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, quotations Bella wouldn't answer about men slapping her ass <laughs> so we talked about um, we talked about shucking we've talked about the restaurants we talked about the competition we even talked about Vice which I forgot about um, mm-hmm. another recap we had the whole rugby thing going on because you're a, a professional rugby player you're an all star you was in the Olympics um, no, <laughs> <laughs> I wish I did <laughs> So what what was going on with the rugby? It was a big thing going on, right? Uh, yeah. So I mean, I made the transition in the competitive shucking world from male to female, um, and uh, rugby is a sport sport played you know all over the world. It's pretty big here in the U.S. too, but you know you won't see it on TV too often, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, I started playing a little bit in college. Uh, I was kind of lost trying to find like a family type thing, you know, um, family is not always blood essentially, you know, uh, so I was trying to find that community and shucking definitely 100% huge community, love the support, uh, but it's a little bit more uh, spread out, you know, you're up in DC, I'm down here in Charleston, that's eight hours, you know, we don't see each other all the time, uh, we do talk on occasion. Uh, but I needed that more localized, constant support. And I was at a pride event and just joking with my friend who played on the men's team. I said, hey, dude, uh, you know, what team would I play for? And he told me I was an idiot, grabbed my ear, took me over to ladies. They instantly accepted me. I had no problems. I think I only ever heard of uh, three maybe players and and couple states that might have been against me competing um like overall it was a vast majority were okay with us being there um and then right when i'm going out for all-star teams and regional select teams and all and playing a bunch of rugby and uh, just trying to get back to that community as well uh the world rugby which is the governing body of all the federations usa rugby canada rugby uh they decided to ban transgender athletes uh but it was yeah but it was mainly approached at trans women um which i thought was kind of sexist in itself uh because they're just saying you know trans women like myself uh are a danger and an unfair advantage competing in women's sports but trans men uh competing in men's sports wouldn't at all because they still technically saw them as women and how can women beat men? <laughs> right, right. It, you know, so there it was wrong on so many levels. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, and I was doing some work with international gay rugby uh, and a bunch of athletes from Sydney, 
uh, Canada, you know, all across Europe, uh, trying to look at this and say, hey, you know, it's got to be almost a more sport by sport basis, a more um, player by player basis, you know, uh, as far as these bands and maybe different levels, like it can't just be a broad spectrum. Uh, approach you know there's so many different layers to look at this and it's going to take time uh, and more research to go through uh so yeah we're doing a lot of big fights on that and i got in the new york times uh i was in an article for that uh and then i was <laughs> i did a podcast in england uh about it for trans youth um and trying to you know help motivate them and keep them positive and moving forward. And then I was in a LGBT, uh, the largest in Australia, uh, based out of Sydney. I was in an art, they did an article on me. So yeah, I'm just trying to fight for equality wherever I, wherever I see uh, the need um, yeah. to help give back to communities that have given me a lot. Uh, but yeah, well, that was, that was a big, the biggest hit for me of all that was it was right in the thick of 2020, like not long after we had shut down, it seemed like. And we're all just trying to deal with the world pandemic. <laughs> and then there are government bodies saying you don't belong. And you're just like, what? Right. <laughs> what is happening? So, yeah. yeah, I think that was the biggest shock for me of the whole thing. So, so where is yeah, it at a, now? Uh, world Rugby gave out their recommendation that with the band, the broadband. Um, and then... Uh, the International Olympic Committee kind of stood by their uh, previous stance that they created in the early 2000s for trans athletes. Uh, that meant so many years after transitioning, hormone surgeries, uh, hormone levels would be in a certain range and they allow it. Um, and then also, like, if your government accepts you legally on their forms, like your passport as the one sex or the other, uh, but USA Rugby came out against it. Uh, Canada Rugby like shot it down immediately. Um, so a lot of different governing bodies like countries uh, started coming out, kind of like what we're seeing with Ukraine right now, talking about something right. uh, this moment. Like you saw a lot of countries come out against Russia first, and then the larger world bodies started being collective. This was kind of backwards where the world governing body was against it. And then all the countries were like, no, we're not going to agree with this. Mm. Um, yeah. So there's still some fights going on uh, with it all. And, you know, it's going to take some time, but uh, yeah, we're kind of in the thick of it, I guess, still. Into the thick. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so um, what's next? I know you told me uh, off camera, you got the website popping. Um, so yeah. what, what do we got to look forward to? Um, yeah, so uh, I've kind of tried to, I mean, Gator, like you learned in the first podcast was, you know, something I picked up from the army. Uh, and it was a nickname I used kind of when I wasn't comfortable with fully going as Isabella yet, or, um, you know, or using my old name. Uh, but then to kind of, uh, I started kind of branding myself more as the Holy City Oyster Maven. Uh, so that was me. And then I started, I, a lot of people on here probably see, follow on their Instagram or something, but Shuckable or Shucktown USA. Uh, it's a great um, kind of uh, store, you know, with some fun little swag on, on internet. 
Um, well, anyways, the owner of that, I know, because we did a lot of work with uh, Shuck Cancer and the American Cancer Society together. And um, I was like, dude, I need, I need help. <laughs> uh, how do I bring everything I'm doing together uh, cohesively? And he thought it'd be better to do like a, a brand as far as like apparel and all to start bringing that together. So I got shuckgirl.com. Uh, it's going to come out. I'm going to have a bunch of cool uh, apparel oh, and gear <laughs> and then <laughs> a place for me to, uh, you know, put up a bunch of my partnerships. There'll be a partnership page, you know, link to press and things like a link to this podcast, hopefully on there and everything. Yeah. Uh, so something to start building. So I'll always be Holy City Oyster Maven or Gator to my close friends. Like Honor still calls me that. Always makes me feel like, you know, he really knows me from back in the day. <laughs> um, but... <laughs> But uh, yeah, Shuck Girl is going to be my website, um, and I'm hoping that will be up in two weeks. And uh, thanks to uh, you know the gang at Indigo Inc. and Shuckable for coming along and helping me get this going. So yeah, that's that's the next big step for me is to get that established, and then see what else I can grow from there. That's awesome. I didn't even know I was talking to a millionaire. Um, <laughs> you about to kill it. Everybody kill it. I mean, you're already killing nice. it, but you're about to kill it. You're really about to kill it. That's great. Yeah, that'd be that'd be so cool if I was a millionaire. So uh, I'd have my own farm and have someone else farm the oysters for me, so I could just eat them. Man, that, that's that's. I never thought that was a goal for me, but that's kind of a goal to me now. Like I kind of want some oyster ninja stuff going around here, but uh, yeah, that's, that's a whole nother conversation. Another time. No, another I think episode. I think we <laughs> I think we all want to see the Oyster Ninja website up there. And oh, you know, you already got some cool apparel to you know shuck racism. That was brilliant. I love that. You. Appreciate you. That was awesome, dude. Um so. so what's next? Like uh you got any specials going on at the Raw Bar or anything? Uh so for the last almost two years, I guess I've been every Tuesday coming up with a new special at the raw bar. Um, kind of like, you, you know, it's raw bars are always doing these big towers that are super impressive and hit the table. Mm -hmm. uh, but I've been trying to think outside the box and present one at a much more affordable cost of $40 every week. Mm, wow. Okay. Yeah. And I've taken that opportunity to do things like make oyster ice cream. Uh, and then I made, <laughs> yeah, I made a little chocolate, um, uh, they're like a hard chocolate on the outside with the smooth chocolate on the inside like a hershey's bar but it was yeah. oysters come and on I chef. Come on, come on, <laughs> chef. Come on, i worked now. the oysters into the chocolate so when you get that sea salt with your chocolate sometimes that was Ooh. the brine being transferred over from the oyster so it gave me a lot of time to play um but uh nico and i are, are going to kind of change things off and a little bit take a break from that try a different special out mm. um so i'll probably still keep tinkering on some stuff yeah uh and release things here and there but it wouldn't be on a re weekly basis anymore okay. um yeah i know so. last time we talked i think we talked about um the, your education portion of it like maybe like uh uh class oh, or yeah. something did, did you do anything with that i'm doing about a class a week right oh, now are you really yeah uh they can book it through the Nico website. Uh, they come in, it's two hours, the first hour. Um, I go over kind of Nico and my vision of the raw bar, how that was established, 
um, give them a lot of my own personal insight into oysters, but teach them like everything from, you know, creating the seed in a, in a nursery or hatchery all the way out to the final product and the difference between wild and farmed. Uh, so we have, I mean, there's a lot of information and sometimes it's some pretty good questions. Other times it's kind of people, you know, glazed over and we get through that portion pretty quickly. Right, uh, right. But then the next hour, the second hour is always dedicated to just specifically opening oysters. This is how you open them. Uh, we're going to try 12 different oysters from different parts of the country and you're going to taste the flavors. And I start with the first flavor profile on how it got that and my feeling on it. And then I do a, ask their opinion the mm -hmm. next couple, hey, what are you getting from this oyster? Hey, what are you getting from this oyster? Right, right, right. And, and then a little bit in, I'm like, so with this oyster, these are the flavors I'm getting. See if you see them, you know, and I just keep working with them. So yeah, that's been fun. It's anything from six to I've done 12 people at a time. The most recent one was seven mm -hmm. this past Saturday. So that's yeah, cool. oyster classes have been a lot of fun. That's what's up. So, that's great. Mm -hmm. All right, so we're going to stay tuned for the website dropping in a couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, of course, we're going to be following you. We'll, we'll should, go ahead and give your handles out and everything. Oh, uh, Holy City Oyster Mavens, uh, an easy one to just click on Instagram there. Isabella Macbeth, if you can't find it. And then shortly, we'll see shuckgirl.com coming out for all my crazy apparel and all coming your way. So Nice, nice. All right. Well, I appreciate you um, for taking time out and uh, coming on the podcast again, um, talking yeah. to the Oyster Ninja and all his listeners, all yeah. three or four of them. Just joking. Just joking, guys. Just joking. JK. <laughs> okay. Probably a dozen live feeding right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, and yeah, expecting nothing but the best from you. Thanks. Okay. I appreciate that, Gardner. And uh, it's quite a great honor to be back for a second time. So thank you for having me. Yeah, you'll get your certificate in the mail. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> All right. Talk to you later. All right. See ya.